Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, I want to invite you to take your Bible and go with me to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And I want to congratulate you. You came out on a rainy Sunday morning. How many would be honest and say, I almost rolled over? All right. Well, thank you. The rest of you, there'll be an invitation at the end. That's a time for repentance. And if you need to repent, you can do that. All right. Well, we are in a series in the book of Exodus. We've been 11 weeks and we have yet to get the people out of Egypt, but we're getting close and they'll be on their journey today. But uh, as we've looked at it, we've realized that there's a lot of things that we can relate to today with what's happened in Exodus. The people were in slavery and bondage. You and I are in that same slavery and bondage, not in the physical sense like they were with the king, but in the sense of sin and rebellion in our own heart. And what God has to do for the people of Israel is the same thing he has to do for you and I. He has to draw us out to bring us back in. He has to draw us out from our sin so he can bring us back into the life he desires desperately for us to have. And so as we've been looking through this book, we've been wrestling with what that looks like. And so today as we, we look here in Exodus 15, I, uh, I want us to recognize there is, no, there is none like you, O oh God. That in all this world, there is no one like God. Now, I'm going to test your musical abilities this morning. And, and, and a lot of times when I do that, it's country music. That's what I grew up on, uh, Willie and Waylon and, you know, Johnny, those, those guys. But uh, we'll go a little further this time. Um, Tom Jones, anybody familiar with Tom Jones? Raise your hand. Yeah, some of you are ashamed, but you're, you're, you're doing this. Oh, it'll get worse. Rolling Stones. All right. Anybody want to sing their favorite Rolling Stones song? I didn't get anybody. All right. So do you know what those two have in common? Other than they were musical people? A guy by the name of Dick Rowe. Uh, Dick Rowe was a a music exec in the 50s and 60s. In fact, here's a picture of him. Well, that's a bad picture on my screen, but it uh, looks better on the other one. Um, he, he was a famous music exec in the 50s and 60s. He, he signed people, uh, Moody Blues, uh, Tom Jones, those types of people, Rolling Stones. Um, he worked with Decca, uh, recording artist in the UK. And in 1962, he had an opportunity to, to listen to this quartet. And as he was listening to them and this, this, this band, he stopped immediately, walked in and said, listen, guitar bands are on their way out. We don't want anything to do with you. To which their, their manager had already heard those words and made him go in and tell them. They didn't argue. They just got up and left. Six months later, the Beatles took off, and right now, the thing you know if you look up Dick Rowe is his mistake in passing on the Beatles. Now, I don't know why everybody picks on him because he passed on the Beatles. He wasn't the only one. But it's the idea that he walked in and said, listen, guitar bands are on their way out. You know, we don't want anything like you. We don't need anything like you. And 
They just walked out and found somebody else. You know, we, we think about that, and we think about his biggest failure. We think about how he missed the, the point. And when you read his biography and you read things about him, it all hinges around the Beatles. He had lots of other successful careers. In fact, he was one of the top guys in the UK in the 50s and 60s. If you could land an interview with him, it was significant. But what everybody knows is he passes on the Beatles. Sometimes we get our life and we, we get so consumed and our failures seem to dominate everything about us. We can't see past what our mistakes were. We're unable to recognize there's better days ahead. Dick Rowe went on and had a successful career in the music industry. His son landed in the music industry. In fact, his son was working uh, when he died on a deal with Michael Jackson. They, they knew the music industry. Sometimes we get so caught up in our failures that we miss the bright things in life. We miss opportunities to give praise unto God. Because the only thing we see is the negativity. This morning, I want us to remind ourselves there is no one like our God. That in our worst day, God is still amazing. In the day in which we struggle the most, God is still on his throne in glory leading us. And so this morning, I want us to, to look at Exodus 15. If you have your Bibles, would you stand as we read Exodus 15, 11 through 13? Just three, three verses. Again, verse 11 says, The Lord, it says, Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. With your faithful love, you led the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. You may be seated. Now I hope you keep your Bible open because if you look at your notes or if you read our sneak peek this week, you realize we're going to cover ch chapters of the middle of 13 to, to the end or to 21 of 15. And so I, we're going we're gonna to dance in all three chapters and so I want you to keep your Bible there. But I want you to catch these words here. These words were were expressed after the people crossed the, the Red Sea. After they watched what God did, they came to a place in which they celebrated the hand of the Lord. Now let's be honest, it's easy to celebrate the hand of the Lord when things go well, right? But the truth of the matter is we should be celebrating the hand of the Lord every day that whether we are struggling with cancer, whether we're sitting on the mountaintop watching the most beautiful sunrise in the world, we should be celebrating the hand of the Lord. So this morning, here's the big idea I want you to catch today. 
Simply this, believers should praise God because there is none like him in majesty and mercy. Majesty and mercy. When we understand that there is no one like God, when we understand his majesty and mercy, we can't help but to praise God every day. But when we take our eyes off God and when we take our eyes off his majesty and his mercy, then we put them on ourselves, don't we? And we have that pity party. And we, woe is me, and we begin to wonder what is going to happen. What is going to take place? When the truth of the matter is, our eyes should always be on God. So this morning, let me give you some things as we look at the text of what we need to be doing. If we're going to recognize there is no one like our God, then there is some things we've got to learn. First thing I want you to catch is simply this. Following Christ is not easy. Amen? I mean, anybody, uh, let me ask, because there is this poor theology out there. Did anybody get told when you came to know Jesus that your life would be perfect and easy in golden streets? Yeah, so I, uh, there are people who came to know Jesus because they said life would be a whole lot easier if you came to know Jesus. And that's just bad, bad theology. Because there's nothing in Scripture that points us to that. In fact, today, as we look at chapters 13 through 15, we quickly realize that if we're going to follow Christ, it's not easy. Look at verse 17 uh, and following here in, in chapter 13. It says, when Pharaoh left the people, or when let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though, catch this, even though it was nearby. So, did you catch that? The journey is going to be easier if you take this route. But that's not the way God said. Because God, for God said, verse 8, uh, finish 17, the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. So he led the people around towards the Red Sea, along the road of the wilderness. And the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation. Following Christ isn't easy. We like easy, right? Yeah. I mean, any, would you be honest with me and tell, raise your hand and say, I get frustrated when drive through lines are long? Anybody? Okay, keep your hand up. If your hand's not up, do you get frustrated? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> do you, does anybody get frustrated when you get the wrong order? All right. Does anybody get frustrated when the waiter takes too long to come get your drink order? I don't know why I'm picking off food-related items. Anybody hungry this morning? Yeah. All right. I see that hand, Ann Bruce. Um, so we get frustrated. Why? Because we like things easy. We want it now. And so listen, maybe you've had this thought that I'm going to commit my life to Christ. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be faithful. And God's going to answer me when I call. Anybody ever had that thought? Yes. God, I, I, I have read my Bible every day. I have prayed to you every day. Why don't you answer me? Sometimes it's hard. Listen, following Christ is not easy. The easiest thing for the, the, the people of Egypt to do was to get up, leave, get their... Get, 
for Israelites to get all their walking clothes on and go. And they, the shortest distance is right over here. But that's not what God had in mind. God's never about your comfort or my comfort. He's always about his glory. Catch that. God does not concern himself with your comfort or my comfort. It's his glory that he's longing for. What he knows is if they go the easy route, they'll run into the Philistines. And when they run into the Philistines, it'll be easy to run home. It's not about easy. It's about obedience. Throughout the Bible, we find that people who we, who we look and admire have lives that are not easy. I mean, you take a journey through Scripture and you find Ruth, David, Jeremiah. The list goes on and on. Noah, Job. I mean, how many wants to be Job, right? And listen, our lives want everything compartmentalized. We want to be able to explain everything and understand the next step. I mean, how many people like, and there, there are people like this, I don't understand them, but they like them. How many like instructions? You're like, you, you're gonna get a play set, and you're gonna read, the first thing you do is you're gonna make sure all the pieces are put there together. Yeah, I see that hand, honey. Opposites attract is all I can tell you. They put all those pieces out and, and, and you know, in our family, my wife is the only one like that. The instructions are just suggestions. And everything has missing parts, or extra parts, okay? But we want things compartmentalized. Why? Because it makes it easy. Because we know if we finish step one, what happens? We're into step two. There is no one step, two step, three step with God. It is faith in Jesus Christ. It is obedience to his will and his way. And when he calls, we're to respond. Following Christ is not easy. He, he picks them up and he sends them out and he sends them. He sends them a different direction. Well, it leads me to the second thing I want you to catch this morning. Following Christ can seem crazy can seem crazy I, I don't know a lot of things about following Christ at times can be crazy people in this world want to know why would people get up on a rainy Sunday morning get dressed and come to church especially during COVID when you can stay home sit in your pajamas and eat Cheetos unless you're on a diet that my wife has put me on y'all pray for me I don't get any Cheetos anymore It can be crazy. And the Israelites are following Jesus or following God. He said, pick up and go. They picked up and go. Now catch what happens in chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Now, then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in Pithar. I wrote it down. I knew I was going to mess that word. I got to go to 14. Uh, Pi Hythron, close enough. Uh, 
then between Megdal and the, and the sea. And you will camp in front of Belfrizon, facing by the sea. Tell Pharaoh, or Pharaoh will say to the, the Israelites, they are wandering around the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Catch this. I butchered it, but you can read it. God said to the people of Israel, they're marching out. Turn around. Do what, God? Turn around. But that's back towards Egypt. Yeah, turn around. Now, if you ask any military um, whiz, any military strategist, they will tell you this is by far the craziest scheme. Because what God does is he puts the people of Israel in a tight spot. Because they now have their backs to the, the Red Sea. And who is coming at them? Pharaoh. Guess what you are? You're boxed in. There's no place to run. There's no place to go. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't retreat unless you can swim very well. You are, you are there. Does that seem crazy to anybody else? It would be crazy unless you're God. It would not be a strategy that anybody else but God would want. But what's God about? Revealing his glory. Helping you understand his glory. So when things seem crazy, it doesn't mean God's not in control. He's trying to reveal his glory. So here's the thing. A year and a year ago, would anybody have said we would be sitting in this room six feet apart wearing masks? We'd say, you're crazy, wouldn't we? When, listen, if somebody told me six months ago there'd be no college football like we know it, I'd have said, you jumped off the deep end. Praise the Lord, we had it yesterday. Now the SEC starts in a couple weeks, but we got college football. And it's crazy because, you know, if you watched anything... Louisville. How many watched the Louisville Western game last night? All right. Some of you. Some of you. You know, there was 20,000 people sitting in that stadium. That's a small number of people. But if you watched yesterday, as I had had such a withdrawal, I had to watch several games. Um, there were nobody in some stadiums because govern, govern, government in that state wouldn't allow it. North Carolina playing with 50 people in the stands. And that was just the, the seniors' parents. And, well, they, crazy. If, if we talk about all the things that are going on in this world, would we say things are crazy? 
This week, Fuji comes out and says, we may be doing this until the end of 2021. Praise God, I pray not. But he says, it may be that long. Crazy. So here's the question. How is God being glorified? There are people who say, Pastor, I can't, I can't, I don't have time to read my Bible and, and everything else because my life is so busy. COVID's given you an opportunity to slow down, hasn't it? I mean, I, you, you may be active right now, but in March and April when things were shut down, I bet you ate at home more. I bet you watched more television than you, you've had in the past. All those moments tell me you've got time with God. It's just the matter of, is that something you desire? See, following Christ can seem crazy, but God wants his glory to be revealed. And as we look at this text and you keep reading chapter 14, you come to this place and we recognize that his glory is revealed because when Pharaoh and his men take off through the, the Red Sea, everything gets in a, a dizzy for them. Their, their chariot wheels are not working right. And all of a sudden they recognize that the hand of God is against them. That God is greater than they are. God receiving his glory. If you're the people of Israel, you just complained. Did you bring us out here because there's no, no graves in Egypt for us? Why are we here? Watch God at work. Who else do you know who can part the sea? Who else do you know can walk on water? Our God can. Our God can, and he will show his glory. The people of Israel standing there, Moses throws up his hands, the sea parts, and the scripture tells us it's, it's dry ground. Let me tell you, I've been through some creek beds that appeared to be dry, but they're really still muddy. The scripture says they go across on dry ground. No one can do that but God. He's showing his glory, his might, and his majesty. He's showing his mercy to the people of Israel as they pass through the water. Following Christ can seem crazy. Following Christ is not always easy. But when we put our eyes on, on Christ, on God, the one who saves us, redeems us, the one who rescues us, the one who brings us out of our sin to draw us into him, we can't help but to praise him. Look at the third thing I want you to catch this morning. Following Christ will cause you to praise God. If you put your eyes upon Jesus... 
you can't help but to praise God. If you recognize the hand of God in your life and in the lives of others, when you focus on his redeeming work, you forget about your failures and you celebrate his redemption. Look at the first two verses here, 15. Then Moses says to the Israel, uh, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Following Christ will cause you to praise God. But what happens? Well, we know the, we know the Israelites' journey. We know that in this moment, they, they, they see something that if they haven't already put their complete trust in God because of, of what had happened in the land before they left, this ought to put them over the top, right? I mean, this should just, this should just drive them even further in love with God because who else could do such a thing? But you and I know the story. In fact, you and I live this story, right? We, we see God at work in our life. We, we can talk about the hand of God and how God has guided us and helped us along the way, how he rescued us, how he saved us. We can talk about those moments in our, our lives that we were struggling and trying to decide what to do as a family and God answered us and we knew it was God and we did it. We can talk about how God rescued us in our jobs and our career and we see the hand of God leading us to do things. We can talk about God in so many ways. But we can also talk about the moments when we've taken our eyes off God, can't we? Because when the people of Israel walk out, they praise God, they sing this song. And what happens? In the next few weeks, we'll see where they begin to complain. Their eyes go from, from God to their self-centeredness. Manna, can't we, can't we have like a steak? What about, what about a leafy salad? Why is it always this manna? Tastes like chicken. And they begin to complain about all sorts of things. What happens? Where are their eyes? inward what am I getting out of this deal why why are we what I think we've walked past this before why do we seem to keep walking in circles why do we keep doing this thing why don't we sing songs that I want to sing who put him in charge why why do we have to who tell, who's going to tell me I have to stand or sit? All those things become self-centered. And our, we take our eyes off, off Jesus. 
We live in a world that wants us to think it's all about us. And we have the right to speak up whenever we want to. And we don't care how anybody else feels because it's our right. Friends, as a believer, let me remind you, Scripture tells us how we are to talk. We, we are only to talk about those things that are good and wise and bring honor to God. The words out of our mouth... Paul tells us in Ephesians, don't let any unwholesome talk, means gossip, means, means talking ugly about somebody. And yes, getting on social media, talking about political parties or, or other things falls into that camp. What happens is when we get our eyes off Jesus, we begin to get it on what how our life will be better if other, everybody else will just do as we want to do. If everybody goes along with what my idea is in life, I'll be happy. The problem with that, it makes it all about you. And when that happens, you're not praising Christ. You're not giving God glory. You're looking for your own glory. You're looking for things that make you happy. Close your Bibles. I'm done. Ever so often, the uh, U.S. Department of Defense puts out a, 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 what they call an encyclopedia of ethic failures. Um, and, and they produce this book, and it's, it's able to come out. This is the latest copy. It came out in 2016, so there's a new one that's about to be released. And what happens is they, they talk about um, the De Department of Defense kind of gives stories about criminals that they've tracked and arrested and, and their silliness, okay? So they'll talk about uh, uh, drug dealers. They'll talk about, they've talked about government employees who are just, silly in the way they've done. Uh, they've talked about burglars. Um, one, one time they were, um, they were talking uh, about uh, a government employee, a couple of government employees who never seem to take uh, vacation. Uh, their, their vacation never was taken every year. They, they got that and paid. But they noticed they had all sorts of religious compensation time, which means they could could be off for some religious event during a certain time. Well, when they started looking and comparing the dates of the religious compensation time, there was no religious holiday. I mean, not just, not just in America, but there was just no religious holiday. They began checking into it. It's when the guys went to play golf together. And so they sat them down and said, so why do you, do you think golf, golf is a religion? One of them said, well, yeah, to some people. And so, you know, they, they, they were arrested or they were charged, whatever, for, for misusing of time. One, one government employee backed up his personal van to the back door after everybody went home, decided to take all the computers and the, and the copy machines home. It was really easy to find him. They went to his house. He was having a yard sale that weekend, and he didn't even pull off the labels that say the uh, property of the U.S. government. <laughs> so they were able to track those down. 
What's interesting, though, is, is in 20, uh, 2013, in the book before this one, uh, the, the editor who oversaw that, Matt Woosley, said um, he wanted to ask the question, why? Why do, people, why do people do silly and dumb things? Here's what they said. Or this is what he said. He said, I found out it didn't relate to grade or rank or gender. The main issue was that at the moment they didn't think of the ramifications. In most cases, when you would sit down with these folks afterwards and say, what were you thinking? They would be banging their heads on the table saying, you're right, I wasn't thinking. So that's a good thought for you and me today. Let me challenge you in this. You have those moments, and we all have those moments, when we want to throw a pity party. Ask yourself, what are you thinking? In fact, if, if you are married or, or have a family member who always is negative, and yet claims to know Christ, you just go around and ask them what you're thinking. Now, you may have to learn to take a few steps back when you do that a time or two. Because the answer has to be, we're not thinking when we take our eyes off Christ. The answer has to, I mean, because there is no way we can say that God should answer to our beck and call. Right? Anybody think God should answer to your beck and call? I didn't think so. And so when we throw a pity party like that, we need to stop and think. There is none like you, O Lord. So why am I, so why am I struggling? Because you are mighty. You are strong. You are merciful. I don't deserve what you have given me. I don't deserve your love. What was I thinking? Friends, God is a loving and merciful God. We can relate to the people of Israel because we've all lived in sin and And if you're here and you confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you recognize that he has called you out. You have recognized that there is none like God. But if you've never confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's the thing. You can do that today. You you can do that by admitting that you are a sinner, that, that there... There is no way that you can redeem yourself, no matter how good you are, no matter how how much you try, that there is never going to be a way you're going to earn your way into heaven by your actions. You're not going to earn your way into heaven by who you marry, who your mama was, who your daddy was, your grandparents. The only way you'll find heaven is through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you've confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, It's by admitting that you need Jesus.
Secondly, it's by believing that Jesus is who he says he is, that he came to this earth fully God, fully man, and went to a cross for your sins and for my sins, taking the sin and the shame to the cross, bearing it on the cross for us, and then on the third day he rose again. That the grave didn't hold him. If you believe that today, if you'll choose to follow Christ, choose to commit your life and say, I need you. You too can have eternal life. If you've never done that this morning, here's what I want to ask you to do. You don't see the number on the screen, but I'm going to give you this number. 270-651-2186. Call that number. 270-651-2186. If you're here in the room and you want to make a decision, you understand in COVID-19 we don't have our regular invitation like we normally do. You call that number. 270-651-2186. And we'll respond to you. Maybe there's another decision on your heart. Maybe it's to join this church family. Maybe it's, maybe it's to rededicate your life. Maybe, maybe you've been a, you recognize that God saved you. At an early age, you understood that Jesus loved you and that he died for your sin. And you made that commitment. But over the years, you've turned your eyes from, from following to selfish-centered. And you want to rededicate your life, you call that number, 270-651-2186. We'll be glad to follow up with you. This morning... Can you honestly say, there is no one like you, God? You can when you understand following Christ isn't easy. Following Christ can be crazy at times. But when you're obedient, he gives you reasons to praise him. Stand with me this morning. Head bowed and eyes closed.